Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to another live, not a live Q&A, but another lecture from my course, The Purpose of Singleness. And today we're going to be talking about something very important. We're going to be talking about how you can walk in wisdom in your singleness. But before we get into all that, let me greet all the um, um, people that will be watching. For those who are joining me live, as you come in, go ahead and share. Get us, get involved, get ready to engage, get your pens and papers, get your notes ready. Um, for those who's this your very first video, I want to say thank you for popping onto my live. I hope um, that it's a good resource and tool. And after watching this video, you feel that it's a good resource for your walk with God and for you to make better sense of your life. Make sure you go ahead and consider subscribing, hit the bell, that good stuff, because I would love to have you part of my community. But for all those who's uh, been a part of this community for whether it's 12 years or two years, I want to say thank you all so much um, for being a part of my community here. It's an honor um, for uh, uh, for me to serve you all. And it's also an honor that God will utilize uh, what I do here um, to be a blessing to you. So I do not take that for granted. But before we get into it, let me see who's all here for the live. What's going on, Chelsea Williams? Oh, we got Humble One. What's going on? Oh, okay. Uh, Coach, I know this is not uh, I'll do this because I know you. Coach, I know this is not a Q&A, but what should I do about my daughter's father who's extremely inconsistent coming back around after a year and still inconsistent? What uh, would, uh, would I be wrong for not allowing him to see her? Well, first of all, you got to make sure that your heart's always clean towards anybody um, because at the same uh, in the same breath, um, that is his daughter. And, and it's not it, it would be um, a poor um, presentation of the gospel, poor presentation of love for you to keep your daughter or your child away from him. But what I would do is, is to seek the Holy Spirit and how you can walk wisely or walk in wisdom when it comes to when he does come around, whether it means you don't bring him to the house or that means you modify the interaction. But what I wouldn't do is keep, if you really want problems, keep the child away uh, from him. It doesn't matter how inconsistent he is right now. Um, 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 don't be a poor expression and, and don't be so invested in your emotions that it causes you um, to cause yourself unnecessary troubles down the road. And so if he's inconsistent, cool. Um, just continue to uh, allow the Heavenly Father into your home. Um, continue to teach your daughter the fear of God. Continue to help her understand that no matter how inconsistent her father is, whether he sees her or doesn't see her, the Heavenly Father is present. So you can, you can balance that out by making sure that she is fully aware of who God is despite the inconsistency. So I would definitely let her see him and let him see her. Uh, or your son or daughter, or daughter. I think you just, just that's what you should do. But I think you should walk in wisdom in regards to how he sees her, whether that means seeing her at Chick-fil-A or at a restaurant while you're present. Uh, um, but the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into that truth and try to handle that. But but definitely don't keep, unless he's a danger to her, unless he's going to cause her physical, emotional uh, harm to her, then that's something different. But if he's just inconsistent, then uh, at this moment, let him be, uh, 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 let him see his daughter. Uh, but the Holy Spirit will show you how to do it wisely. I hope that helped, and I hope you understand that. I hope that helped. But let's get right into the rest of the chat feed. Enoch, yo, coach, hope you're doing well, man. Excited for the teach. I'm excited too, fam. Thank you so much for watching. Um, make sure, okay, there we go. And thank you for your support, humble one. I really appreciate that. Um, Abria, hey from Detroit, thank you for watching. Sabrina, what's going on from uh what's going on, Sabrina? Thank you for watching. Sugar Mama, what's going on? Uh Chelsea, oh y'all talking to each other. Uh Gary, what's going on, fam? Neek, what's going on? Sup, everyone else who's here. May God bless. God bless everyone here. Tear, I hope I said your name right. Blessings to you as well. Hey, hey, hey. Let's see who else here. Hey, what's going on? You so welcome, humble one. No problem. Let's get right into it. But today, 
Uh, I posted a link in the chat box for those who want to get today's worksheet. Make sure you download today's worksheet because, man, we're going to talk about some very important topics that I think will be uh, beneficial to us all, better understanding how we can walk in wisdom in every season of our lives. But before I get into that, I want to make sure I let you all know about some videos that I've done um, this week so that you'll be, um, just in case I... Uh, 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 go down different rabbit holes and I may stop. You'll know that I probably uh, did some videos in regards, but for the fellas, I did a video this Monday on how to think long-term or how men can think generationally. That's a great resource, a great video for young men and women who want to think about their children's children and think long-term. Also on Tuesday, I dropped a video on how to spend more quality time with God. So if you're looking for a way to um, increase your time with God and, and to open more room for, for fellowship with him, that's a great resource there. And yesterday I released a video for women, um, 11 things women should expect from men. So those are great videos and resources that I think will be a benefit for you all. And tomorrow I'll be releasing a video on how you can develop transferable skill sets, profitable and portable skill sets that will benefit you in every area of your life. Let's get right into my main thought for today's lecture. Again, we're going to be talking about how to walk in wisdom in your singleness. And my main thought for today's lecture is this. The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. The main thought, the main thing that we're going to focus on today is the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. Our goal for today's lecture is this, is to learn how to honor and reverence God in every season of our lives. The goal again for tonight's lecture is to learn how to honor and reverence God in every single area of our lives. In our talking points, we're going to talk about three things today. We're going to talk about what does it mean to walk in wisdom and fear of God, or what to walk, walk in wisdom and fear of God, reasons to fear God, and how to walk in wisdom. Let's keep going. Let's talk about the problem. Many singles or people have a little reverence, but a long reach. They are walking in little to no wisdom due to them having little to no reverence of God. The problem when it comes to a lot of us walking in wisdom is that we, for many of us, have a little reverence, but a long reach. We are walking in a little to no wisdom due to how, due to us having little to no reverence for God. Like I said before, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That in order for you to walk in wisdom, there has to be reverence of God. And the goal for our lives is to ensure that we reverence God in every area of our lives where we honor his presence. And many of us, we don't mind the presence of God, but we think the presence of God is just something that we just enjoy. Right. But what we have to focus on is ensuring that his uh, his presence is not for us to just uh, abuse his grace, but to utilize his grace to run our race and to make sure that we living and uh, continuously living in the righteousness that's been imputed on us. Right. And so we have to understand that we cannot just be people that endeavors to reach for the city, reach for success, reach for opportunities, reach for marriage. But we lack reverence in our lives. The problem, again, is that many singles or people have a little reverence, no little to no reverence of God, but a long reach. They are have they are walking in little to no wisdom due to them having little to no reverence for God. Next point. The level of your reverence will determine the length of your reach. The level of your reverence will determine the length of your reach. Now, what does that mean? The more I reverence God, the little I reach. The little I reverence God, the longer I reach. Now, what does that mean? 
Many people are walking aimlessly in life. They're not walking in wisdom. They're walking in impulsiveness. They're walking in zealousness. They're walking in infatuation. They're walking in all the carnal forms of, of energy versus walking in the power of God. God wants us to walk in his power. And that power comes from his presence. And our, us going into our preference, presence is for us um, to, to, to really become aware of who he is as a person. See, many people, when I walk by them, they'll they'll change their vocabulary. They'll be like, oh, my bad, preacher. They'll call me preacher sometimes. I ain't mean to cuss around you. But I'll say, man, why you are hiding your actions uh, from a man who's just a mere man, but you do it openly before God? We got to make sure that we honor God. And reverence doesn't mean that we are afraid of God. Fearing God doesn't mean that, I, that he's someone to hide up under a kitchen table from. No, fear is just respect. Then I say, God, I'm not just going to keep reaching in life and, and is trying to acquire more things without reverencing you. And a lot of us, the reason why we are not walking in wisdom and walking the way we should is because we have little reverence towards God. The level of your reverence will determine the length of your actions. That's, that's make it even more plain that my reverence for my wife limits my actions, period. The love that I have for her, the reverence that I have for her automatically limits my reach. But the moment that my mind starts disrespecting her position in my life and I start lacking reverence towards her, my actions will be limitless. See, your level of your reverence determines your, your, your um, lift of reach. It determines what you respond to. It determines what you reach for. And when you respect and honor God and understand his timing and respect his character and respect his presence and respect that his eye is present and respect that there are consequences to sin and respect his position as God, then we will be able to manage our current positions and be prepared to be great stewards to, to, to uh, manage the position that we would like to have in life. But when we keep living life as if God is just um, some Santa Claus and that God is not a God of discipline and God is not a God of chastening, that God is not a God that corrects and we just look at him as, or we don't even respect the original God, but we create a graven image of this God that will, that will give us some type of um, subconscious clearance to do what we want. And we and we we negate and we ignore the God of the Bible and create our own God so we can do what we feel that we want to do in life. And then we wonder why we suffer consequences. The level of your reverence will determine the length of your reach. The more reverence you have for God, the limited, the more limited you become. The less reverence you have, the more you just start reaching out in life. Next point. The reason why many people do not fear God as they should. It's because of the false narratives about his character. The reason why many people do not fear God as they should is because of the false narratives about his character. Many people have one or two or they, they, they adopt these false narratives that God is overly loving and that he overlooks sin. These are false narratives about the character of God. God still chastens those whom he loves. God still corrects. God still prunes. God still hates sin. Right. We he still talks about shall we can Paul was saying, shall we continue in sin that grace abound? The word of God, Paul said, God forbid. And many of us, we have this false narrative of God that God is so overly loving that God is like big mama. And God is just like this, this God that just allows everything to happen. And no matter what you do, I love you. Great. That's true. But God still does not love the sin. God still hates the sin because of what it's doing to his to the, his son or daughter. And so the reason why many of us do not fear God like we should, and we're like, oh, God, I overlooked that. 
And that's why people continue to do certain sins. They think that, oh, I just got all I got to do is repent. And if I say this repentance prayer, then God will clear. No, God knows your heart. God can care less about what you say out of your mouth if your heart is far from him. Many people say, well, you know, there's nothing wrong if I do this because all I got to do, I'm going to do it. And then tonight I'm going to go repent from it. And then God will be clear. No, God doesn't cover those sins. God covers the sins of those who are endeavoring to overcome them and to walk from them. He, The woman at the well <clears throat> or the woman that got caught in act of adultery, the thing that he told her and he told others is that go and sin no more. Just because you got grace from God doesn't mean that we continue to sin. But we have adopted these false narratives about God as if God is still not allowing consequences to occur. As if God is, as I can continue to do whatever I want and God will continue to endorse my life and endorse my lifestyle. That's not how God does. God still has a viewpoint about what we engage in. And if we being an evil parent still chasing our children, what makes us think that God doesn't chasten us? If we being evil know how to correct our children, know how to correct people when we see obvious sins in our children's life, why would God overlook our sins? Positionally, God has forgiven all of our sins positionally. That right now, nothing, since we are sealed by our spirit, nothing can be held against us when it comes to heaven and hell. But when it comes to practices, God is still looking for, when it comes to relationship, we still got to ask for forgiveness because what we do in our lives is a affecting our fellowship. It's affecting our fruit. So positionally, nothing that we can do can put us in hell or heaven because he knows that we have been sealed by his spirit and that through his foreknowledge, he knows that we will, we will ultimately get into a place of fruit bearing where we'll continue to flow in the things of God. But those, the Bible talks about those who start off with us, over time we'll see that they were never with us for they did not finish with us. What that means is there's a lot of people who's walking with God, quote unquote, but because when, when persecution comes and when it comes, when the sun gets a little bit too hot, they'll, they'll leave. We have to understand there will be a great falling away because many people are not, uh, are adopting false narratives about a God. And if you adopt a false narrative about God, that possibly means that you have welcomed the false gospel. And if you, uh, if you welcome the false gospel, you may not be saved. And so what we have to understand that a person who is sealed by the spirit of God walks in reverence. They walk in fear of God, not afraid of God, but walk honoring before him because we respect his position. Right now, if uh, if someone that you respect walks in a room, you start changing up. You start when your boss comes, everybody tightens up. When someone, when a respected leader in our community walks in, we tighten up, but we loose before God. And we got to check the way we live and move as if God ain't really looking at us like, yo, you think I don't see that? God knows our heart. God knows if we truly have repented from these sins. God truly knows if we honor him. He says, man, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. God doesn't measure the number of times you repent from a sin. He measures, is your heart really genuine and truly desire to walk in faithfulness to him? So the reason why many people do not fear God as they should or respect him as they should is because of the false narratives about his character. They think that he's either overly loving or that he always overlooks sin. God is love, but love is balanced. There's tough love and there's tender love. God still chastens those whom he loves, right? So God is still pruning. God is still correcting. God's a father. 
And the reason why this, these gospels are, these false gospels are gaining strength is due to the effects of fatherlessness. And because many people grew up without fathers, they are unfamiliar how a father is supposed to be. And so when they look at the heavenly father, they look at the heavenly father based upon these wolves, false narratives about God, showing God that he's more like a motherly figure than a fatherly figure. And then what happens is we start living as if, oh, mama going to welcome me back. God going to welcome me back. God's cool. God, I'm, I can do whatever I want. I'm saved. Cool, cool. We'll see. But we got to look at the God of the Bible that still chastens, that still corrects, that still prunes, that still hates sin. Him hating sin doesn't mean he hates you. He's just saying, hey, I love you too much to leave you in that sin. So I'll remove my endorsement from you, but I'll keep my grace covering. And what I mean by that, his grace for salvation is sufficient. It is there. But he is not going to give grace to your sinful lifestyle. He's not going to give favor to your sinful lifestyle. He's not going to give opportunities to your sinful lifestyle. For when it comes to salvation, he got you. When it comes to salvation, but when you get into practicing sin and you start getting into um, poor behaviors and poor habits, God is not going to endorse and bless that. But when we understand that when we are in compromised situations, we will consider his all ever seeing eye. We'll consider his all encompassing presence. We will consider how will God want me to carry myself in this situation. And that's how you begin the process of walking in wisdom because you reverence God. God, I reverence you. My level of fear for God puts fear in me towards my wife. I reverence my wife because of my reverence towards God. And God is teaching me, has taught me how to limit my actions towards my wife, teaching me how to reverence her because that's his daughter. In everything, in every situation, when you reverence God, everything, your actions will, will, will fall in accordance. When you, when you look at, as a man, when you look at a girl and a woman, you say, that's God's daughter. You automatically change your actions. You automatically change your thoughts. You automatically change it because you recognize who she is to the God, the God of all gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. You are reverencing and that will cause us to navigate life because we'll be able to see everyone in the eyes of God and we'll be able to recognize that everyone carries the dignity of God. And when you reverence God, you will reverence everything that he has created. So the reason why many people do not fear God as they should is because of the false narratives about his character. They're overly, they think of him as an overly loving God and one who overlooks sin. Now let's talk about our main verse real quickly. Uh, okay, let me see how, If okay. Let's get into the verse, uh, uh, Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. I have a lot of scriptures that we're going to cover today. A lot of scriptures. But the main verse for today is Ephesians 5. 15 through 21. This is very important for all of us, single, married, whoever. This is very important for us to walk in wisdom. This is a mandate for us today. The word of God says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This is very important for singles. This is very important for everyone. Right now, we all right now must look carefully then at how we walk. I can't worry about how you walk. You can't worry about my walk with God. The Bible says walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling, with respect and understanding. Trembling means that I'm walking out my own salvation, realizing I can't do it on my own because I'm trembling. 
I'm shaking. I can't, I can't, I gotta, I gotta continue to trust God. Not only do I revere God, but I got to trust that his saving work will manifest in me what he desires. So I can't worry about how you walk your salvation. Uh, you can't worry about how I walk this thing out. I got to make sure, you got to make sure that you look carefully then how you walk, how you carry yourself, how you move, what are your motives, how you handle the rich and the poor, how do you handle those that you can and cannot benefit from. You have to look carefully at how you walk to make sure you're not tripping up in false doctrine, that you're not tripping up in deception, that you're not tripping up in life, but you're looking very carefully at how you walk, not how you run, not how you jog. How you walk, that's very important. Walk means I take my time. That every step I'm considering where I'm stepping. We're talking metaphorically, not figuratively, but figuratively can be included in this as well. But I'm taking, I'm looking very careful how I walk. How I walk in front of my nephew. How I walk in front of my nieces. How I walk in front of my sisters. How I walk in front of my brothers. How I walk in front of my wife. How I walk in front of my sisters. How I walk in front of everybody. I gotta be careful. I got to walk carefully how I walk in the church, how I walk in the, in the grocery store. I got to look carefully then how I walk because people are looking. And that since I'm a living and breathing walking epistle, I got to be very careful how I walk because people are looking at how I move. People don't care about how you talk. People look at how you walk. People listen with their eyes. You can talk all day. To me, real recognize real. You can talk to me all day. I'm not looking at your words. I'm looking at your walk. And so when it comes to us, we I'm talking about when it comes to partnerships and all that stuff, I'm looking at how a person walks, most of them know how they talk. But when it comes to my life, when it comes to your life, we got to look carefully, full of care, because you know that your walk has a weight to somebody. Right now, you are a role model for someone. And you can't just be like, well, I don't care. No, there's a responsibility to walk as a person that follows Christ. There's a responsibility. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him first deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Before you even think about following me, there's some fundamental things that you have to do. And that's dying to yourself daily. So the text says, look carefully then how you walk, not them, not her, not him, but how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Meaning there's two ways to walk in life. Either you're walking in wisdom right now or you're walking in, in, in non-wisdom. And you got to sit back and say, before I take another step in this relationship, before I take another step at this, whatever it is that I'm facing or walking towards, I'm going to look carefully. Am I walking wise right now? Many of us, we avoid the mirror of God. We got to look in the perfect law of liberty to see Am I really walking wisely? Am I really endeavoring to walk as Christ would walk? You got to look at yourself. Am I walking wisely or unwise? You either walk in the two, one or two directions. Either you're walking in wisdom or you're not walking in wisdom. And there's benefits to walking into God's wisdom. And it starts with reverencing and honor who he is and what the Bible says he is. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. You have no right now in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of, of, of police brutality, in the midst of protesting, in the midst of pestilence, in the midst of pride, in the midst of what's going on in our day and age. We have no time to walk, not to walk in wisdom. If there's been, if there's ever been a time for us to walk in wisdom is now. Right. So we got to say, because the days of evil, this word, this text was written 15, some hundred years ago. And he's saying the days will always be evil. The day 
after Eve and Adam walked out of that garden, the days were evil. <laughs> so right now we got to say, despite if, if the end of the world is today or 200 years from now, we got to say the days are evil now. So I got to walk in wisdom and your life is your time, which means I got to make the best use of my time now, I was coaching a young brother today and I talked to him about the value and the weight of your hour, the weight of your time, that you cannot be so zealous and ambitious and reaching for tomorrow if your hands are not molding today. In order to get to, to in order to be successful tomorrow, you got to take care of today. But for most of us, we are we are distracted by the other days. The reason why many of us we overlook today because we're distracted by yesterday and we're distracted by tomorrow. And many of us, we mismanage today because we're overly focused on what happened yesterday and what may happen tomorrow. But we got to focus in the moment and say, God, no, help me to walk wisely in every hour. Help me to walk in wisdom in every minute. Now, how do you ensure that you walk in wisdom every hour, every minute? You do so by fellowshipping with him, by getting to know him, by trusting in him, by, by really simplifying your life so that by default, you will be walking in what in how he wants you to walk in every minute and every hour and every day and every week and every month and every year, bearing the fruit in doing so. Making the best use of the time because they, days are evil. Therefore, he says, therefore, I thought I said all this, therefore. To couple with this verse, I want you to understand this. Do not be foolish. Foolish people waste time. Foolish people argue with fools. Foolish people um, are lazy. Foolish people are, are greedy. Foolish people are impulsive. Foolish people are emotional. Foolish people are disrespectful. These are foolish people. These are traits of the foolish. Foolish people see how they need to change, but don't change it. That's foolish. But he says, do therefore do not be foolish. And we got to really ask ourselves, how much of a fool are we or how much as a, a, a how much of us is wise and how much of us is a fool? There are some areas in my life I got to get I got to continue to dilute foolishness. Right. So we're, foolishness is not necessarily a, a, a bottom of the totem pole thing. No, foolishness is foolishness. Some people may be wise with 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 their with 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 their time, but foolish with their money. I don't even know if that can really correlate. I don't even know if you can be that, but I'm pretty sure you can. But we have to understand it says, therefore, do not be foolish. But 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 the goal for every single person, the goal for every single person, including singles and every person listening in the sound of my voice. We have to take the time right now to understand what the will of the Lord is. What is your will for me, God? That's how you walk in wisdom. That's why I'm not, I'm not, I'm not distracted by the pandemic. I'm not distracted by movements. I'm not distracted by anything because I'm focused on the will of God for me. And so many people get so caught up in all these different winds and tossings and things like that. And they have no clue of what the will of God is for them right now. And so we got to get to a place where we understand what this text is saying so that we can walk in liberty, walk in freedom, and ultimately walk in wisdom and bear the fruit of it. Let's keep going. Now, let's look at some definitions so we can really understand what it means to fear God and what it means to walk in wisdom. Fearing God, uh, by definition, is a specific, keyword, a specific respect and awe that's due to only God. Leading to walking in wisdom. Fearing God is a specific respect 
And I say specific because of his position. It's specific to him because he's God. So you have respect for your wife. You have respect for your husband. You have respect for yourself. There's respect for people. There's respect for authority. All different. But there's a specific respect that's only due. That's only due him. A specific respect that's only due to God. And an awe. Awe means, man, you are just amazing, man. Like, God, you're... You're such you such a mighty person, but you want to be my friend? I'm in awe that someone as mighty as you, someone that created all these animals, everything, wants to be my father, wants to be my friend, wants to fellowship with me, little old me. Man, that's... But I ain't going to get it twisted, though. We family, we friend, but you still the father, though. <laughs> you still, you still, who you deserve a respect. Like, God, I'm tightening up in everything I do because I respect you and who you are. And even though I'm saved from hell, I respect who you are still. And that leads to walking in wisdom because you're respecting his position. A specific respect that's uh, an awe that's due to only God. I haven't seen any comments. Y'all let me know if the, if the live is still going good. I don't know if I've stalled. Y'all let me know if I'm still good. Because I know when it stalls like that, I don't know if my video's paused, if my video's not, is is is, is having issues. So y'all comment, let me know if y'all still there. Now, if y'all listen, that's cool. I respect it. Y'all listening. But it, I only seen, that's been 7.53. So for the last six minutes, I haven't seen any comments. I want to make sure my video is, is, is moving. It's still good. All right. We'll keep going as if it's working, if it's moving good. All right. Walking in wisdom by definition is to walk in the ways of God. When a person walks in wisdom, that person is walking in the ways of God, the character of God, the temperament of God, the, 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 the humility of God. Um, they're walking in a certain um, disposition of God. That's what's going on. That's what walking in wisdom means. It means to walk in the ways of God. Let's keep going. Now, next point. Now let's talk about reasons to fear God. Let's talk about reasons why we as believers should be fearing God. Reasons why we should fear God. I haven't seen anyone comment, so let me just double check. I'm going to check on YouTube to make sure we're good. So I want to make sure that we rocking and rolling. Now, reasons to fear God. I just want to make sure my video is good and we'll keep going. Here we go. Okay, there you go. Whoa, now everybody's coming. All right, so it must have been a, a internet connection. Okay, 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 let's keep going. Reasons to fear God. Reasons why we should fear God. Now, for those who got their worksheet, oh, let me let me uh, bring it close. Those who have their worksheet, we have a lot of scriptures right here that talks about the reasons why we should fear God. And we're going to break them down like this. Number one, number one, not the number one, but one of the reasons why we must fear God, the reasons to fear God. Number one, it makes us wise and gives us knowledge. 
The reason why we must fear God, there's benefits to fearing God. There's benefits to reverencing God. There's benefits into honoring God. There's benefits. And there are natural consequences, good consequences in fearing God and bad consequences in not fearing God. But one of the benefits of fearing God, it makes us wise and it gives us knowledge. It says in Proverbs 9:10 and Proverbs 1:7, verses uh, Proverbs 9:10 says, "The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom." That's our main text. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. I love that. The knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Insight is being able, being able to see anything. That when the knowledge gives me light inside. That the more I get to know the Holy One, the more knowledge I have inwardly. It says, um, and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. That the more I get to know Him, the more I get to see in me. The more I see, wow, I'm really not who I need to be. <laughs> I'm really walking in foolishness. The knowledge of the Holy One gives you insight in a, in a potential man that's trying to pursue you, ladies. The more you know God, like I'm teaching my nieces right now. Uh, every time my niece, when it comes to boys or whatever, I'm already, I'm giving her insight. I'm giving her what she needs to know. So when a guy comes, a guy texts her at 10 o'clock one time. And because I gave her, and my wife and I gave her insight, she was able to say, you know what? I'm off, I'm off that. The guy texts me at 10. But if, but a man was able to tell her, my wife and I was able to tell her, any guy that texts you late and he texts you all day, but wants to text you at 10 o'clock, we off that. We off that. So knowledge of the Holy One gives us insight. It gives us insight about us. It gives us insight for every situation. The more of God you know, the more of wisdom you walk in. You will automatically know this ain't of God. He looks like a man of God. She looks like a woman of God. This looks like a thing of God. But because you have inside of the knowledge, you have knowledge of the Holy One, you're able to truly see inside of that thing and realize this ain't for me. But the fear of God, it makes us wise and gives us knowledge. That's what the fear of God does. And that's a blessing. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That if you want to walk in wisdom with God, if you want to walk in wisdom in your singleness, you got to start respecting God and honoring what the word of God says for us to do, respecting him. Proverbs 16, 6 says, by steadfast love. And oh, I'm in the wrong scripture. Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The more of God, you know, the more wisdom. That's right. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. The first one is the beginning of wisdom, but this one says the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So foolish people says, I can care less what God says. I can care less. People walking in sins, making excuses for all different kind of things. So they can, they'll make excuses. Well, that's outdated. That's the Old Testament. That's, oh, they don't really mean nothing. We'll make it. Many people will make excuses to do what they want to do. And God is like, yo, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Foolish people want to do what they feel. Wise people want to do what he says, right? So it makes us wise and gives us knowledge. That's what fear of God does. It makes us wise. People can laugh at, foolish people laugh at wise stuff. The Bible says the simple things of God confounds the wise. So don't, when people laugh at what you do, people laughed at my virginity. People laughed at me being keeping myself. People laughed at me when I was focused on certain things. People laugh, laugh, laugh until the raindrops came. Don't worry about people laughing at you as you build your ark. Keep obeying God and build that ark. And the one thing I told a young man today, I said, you notice know with the Noah story, right? That he was picked on and laughed that day in and day out for building the ark in the middle of a famine. 
And you notice the word of God said that Noah didn't shut the door. God shut the door. Why did God shut the door? Because Noah might have had a good heart. Noah may have been like, oh, open, come in, everybody. No, God said, listen, I'm closing this door because you may be too nice to let these fools in. And imagine if Noah closed the door and didn't open the door for these fools to come in. These fools would have started eating the animals. These fools would have not been good stewards. These fools would have been a nuisance. God says, I close doors. That's why I let God close them so that even my own kind heartedness won't open the door. And so people are going to laugh when you do wise things. Let them laugh because foolish people laugh at those things. They despise instruction. But wise people says, look, I'm a fear of God no matter what. Uh, my question is, how do you handle difficult conversations when feeling attacked? Hey, man, you just walk away. I don't go where I'm tolerated. I go where I'm celebrated. If if I, if I begin to get in a situation where people are are attacking me and it's foolish, cool. My pre what did the Bible say? He says a town that doesn't. What Jesus told his disciples: If a town does not accept you, if a town does not accept you, he says, dust the dust off your feet, for that the the consequence of that city would be greater than Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Because Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have a gospel come to it. So God saying a judgment on anyone that, that disrespects the gospel. Now, their judgment will be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. So what God is saying is when people and you having difficult conversation and you talking wisely, that's why I tell people don't cast your pearls to swine. What you do is do it as an expression. You, I, mama, I, y'all want to cool, cool. And they'll be like, why is she dusting her feet on the front porch and don't come back to the house? The Bible talks about not giving places your peace. Let me find that scripture so we can make sure. Um, let me make sure I find it. Hold your peace or um, do not give your peace. Let me make sure I find it. Let me make sure I find this scripture. Oh, here we go. Matthew 10, 13 says, and if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. Basically, Jesus said, hey, when y'all go to these houses and nobody wants to don't give your peace everywhere. Don't, that's why you, you keep your peace. You hold your peace. Peace is peace is expensive. Peace is valuable. Uh -uh, uh -uh. I'm not going to give my peace if y'all not going to manage this peace. So when you dealing with difficult situations, difficult people, hold your peace. Don't give them a piece of your mind. Don't give them a piece of you. Don't give them your peace. Hold your peace with you. Coach, I was in a situation where I was attacked by my father. And he said things like, you are close to 30 and I want grandchildren." So I began to tear up because I felt attacked. Who cares about what he needs? Who cares? And don't and who cares if you're 30? God made your womb. God has time. Even John the Baptist's mom, she went through it and God blessed her. And she said, you took my reproach away from people, away from men and women. So it doesn't matter what your dad have to say. You you process it, you vent it out, and you keep moving forward. Because if you allow people's pressure on you, you will start increasing your pace. And you'll start walking ahead of God. And then you'll start settling for counterfeits because you want to make your dad happy. I'm only only person I care about smiling. The only person I care about making sure is happy is God, my wife, and my close-knit family. Everybody else can kick rocks. And then when people in the family start tripping, cool. 
But do not get so consumed with other people's pressuring pressures, pressuring you to start a family, pressuring you out of the pace of God. You're 30. You're 30. You're still young. Let's keep it moving. But one of the benefits of the uh, one of the reasons to fear God or one of the benefits to fearing God is that it makes us wise and gives us knowledge. That's what's beautiful about about God. Number two, one of the another, another reason why it's important for us to fear God is it makes us hate and turn away from evil. One thing about fearing God and reverencing God and honoring God, it makes us hate and turn away from evil, not evil doers, but from evil. Let's read Proverbs 8, 13 says, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Bam. Those who fear our God, you can't stand but hate evil. Now, hating evil doesn't mean we start judging evildoers. And many people use that scripture out of context when they said, um, do not judge me. And I want to make sure I put that clear. We are supposed to righteously judge people. And people be talking about, don't judge me, but player. Damn, you tripping. <laughs> now, let's talk about scriptures on judging. Let's see what, let's see, let's find a scripture on that. Uh, okay, here we go. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Let's, let's go ahead and look at that. And make sure I share this right here. I'm going to share this uh, this one right here so we can read it together. And this is what helped those in certain situations. But this is important when it comes to hating evil. All right, here we go. It says, judge not, Jesus saying, that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. What he's saying is, if you judge carnally, if you judge prematurely, if you judge self-righteously, that judgment that you give will be judged on you. So this judging that he's talking about is not about uh, all judgments. It's talking about bad judgments. And so many people use this scripture out of context by saying, well, the Bible says, do not judge. No, 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 no. We're supposed to judge. Now, there's a right way to do it. It says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. Many people stop at that, but don't read the full text, right? It says, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's basically God saying, okay, you want to judge like that? Okay, I'm going to judge you at the same level at your judgment of them. So be careful on how you judge. In verse three, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your eye? Now it's getting into the reason why we have been judging improperly. He says we've been judging improperly because we always see specks in people's eyes, but we don't see the log in ours. He says, or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? Let me judge. Let me consider. Let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your eye. How can I take the speck out of your eyes if I'm beating you upside the head with my own hypocritical, my own uh, hypocritical nature? So what God is saying, like, you ain't going to be able to take a speck out of somebody else because your law, what's in your life is going to be hitting them in the face. And they're not going to want to change because they're like, you hypocrite. You trying to change me, but you got this issue in your life. It says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, first take the log out of your own eye. And then you will be, be, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your eye. So it doesn't say not to judge. It's saying now you're able to show your brother, let me take that speck out of your You're doing this wrong. You're living wrong. You're not doing this right. Because you took in a log out of your eye. Now you know how to clearly see with empathy. You know how to graciously, judging is supposed, we're supposed to judge and hold each other accountable graciously, gently, but we're not supposed to go, uh, we're not supposed to not judge at all. 
So our hatred of evil doesn't mean, oh my gosh, I hate this sin so bad. And we allowed that, uh, uh, well, hatred in this text means a strong dislike for, but we're not sitting there uh, keeping that hatred towards the people. But we now say, you know what? I'm not going to focus on the sin that I hate in her life or the sin that I hate in his life. I'm going to focus on the sin that I hate in my own life so that I can be in a position to graciously and gently um, help uh, correct other people who's walking in sin and who's walking in stuff in their life. But fearing God causes us to hate sin. It causes us to say, hey, man, I, I hate what sin is doing. And so now I want to create systems of strategy that would gently, uh, exactly, we're not condemning them. And many people don't want to hear correction at all. So the moment you even say truth, they get offended and they say, don't judge me. It's like, no, you asked me a question. No, you asked my opinion. Here's the truth. And so what the devil is trying to do is using emotional people to censor truth. So now people not want to tell the truth because they're going to be bombarded, but who cares? And so that's why I cast my pearl to 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 uh, to uh, to sheep and not swine. I don't got time for swine. So that's why I tell people, be wise. Don't be telling the truth to ignorant people. True, what the, what's what foolish people gonna do with the truth? But attack you. So, but one of the benefits or one of the results for fearing God, it makes us hate and turn away from evil. It says, "The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of the evil are perverted speech. I hate. I hate it." First, inside of me, I, I'm going to look inside and hate it in me first. If How can you despise the sins in your brother and despise the sins in your sisters and you don't even despise the sin in your own life? Hypocrites. We're hypocritical. That's why I don't really do say too much about people and things because I'm focusing on my life. But when you come into my life and you asking for advice, I'm going to give you the word of God. And the word of God is sharp and active. It cuts. And so that's what we have to understand. But we have to first hate evil in ourselves. And fearing God says, you know what? I hate what this sin is doing in my life. I hate what my sin is doing in this person's life. I hate it. And then when you see in other people, you will be able to know how to empathetically and gently be able to guide. And that's for people that God brings your way. This doesn't mean you go out there with picket fences and signs and parades, going into pride parades and saying a bunch of stuff. No, it just says, hey, my life should be offensive. It is going to be offensive. Sometimes you only got to say nothing to you offensive. You do right by your wife. You do right by your husband. It's going to offend a man who's not doing right by his wife. It's going to offend a woman who's not doing right by her husband. So you ain't got to say nothing to offend people. But I only tell the truth to ears who are willing to hear. And that's why I do videos like this. I cast the seed. I tell the truth. But when it comes to like, I'll tell the truth to people, but I'm not going to be out here just spraying the truth out there. You bring it on unnecessary stuff. Proverbs 16, 6 says, by steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. Ooh, that's powerful. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. The fear of God causes me to turn away from evil. I can't practice this no more. Not because it's affecting me positionally. It's not going to send me to hell because I'm sealed by the spirit of God, but it's affecting our fellowship. So I got to turn away from this evil because it's affecting how it's affecting my flow of God. The more you fellowship with a thing, the more you become familiar with that thing. Right. For instance, athletics. 
If I go six months without shooting a basketball, when I go to shoot again, I'm going to be rusty. If I haven't played basketball in a long time and I turned away from it and I try to go back to it, I'm going to be rusty. But if I'm constantly playing ball every day, my, the, my shooting percentage increases based upon my engagement with the, with the sport. The same is my, my percentage in righteousness in walking it out. The percentage of me actually uh, uh, walking in righteousness with my wife, my percentage gets higher and higher. The more I fellowship with God, the more I daily engage with him. And so it's not going to affect me heaven or hell because I'm sealed by spirit, but it will hinder the flow. It will hinder fellowship. It will hinder fruit. It will hinder um, success. So that's what we're talking about when it comes to, uh, uh, it says, the steadfast love of God uh, and faithfulness and iniquities atone for. Thank you, Christ, for your faithfulness that atones for my iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, one turn, the goodness of God, man, God is so good. How, how can you practice evil when you know how good he is? How can I sin against my wife when she's been good to me? Only an evil person who's not been sealed by the spirit of God, but whose soul has been seared by this world will do that. If you can still doing bad, despite the goodness of another, my friend, you're not saved. So the fear of God, the more you reverence God and you see his goodness, he's always good. He's always good. He's always good. You can't help but turn away from evil. Let's keep going. Reasons why, reasons to fear God, water break. Reasons to fear God. And the reason why I got my screen small, I think sometimes when I stretch the video out, it stalls my video. So let me know. Uh, I, that's why I keep it like this so that my video won't buffer too much, but we'll see. <clears throat> uh, another reason to fear God, it keeps us from fearing people. <laughs> that's great. When you fear God, what, who's a man? Uh, the Bible says, let me read the scripture. I'm about to get deep. Matthew 10, 20 says, and do not fear those. Here we go. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. He says, and do not fear those who can kill the body, cannot kill the soul. Rather, rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. So he keeps us from fearing man. What am I going to fear you for? We're talking about when it comes into contrast to the things of God. I'm not going to fear you. I told my other day, I said, listen, the only thing I'm dying for is for Christ. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to, uh, uh, I'm not going to put myself out there for no political person. I'm not going to put my, I'm not, that's why I tell people, be very careful who you double down on. You can't double down on anybody. Only person I'm doubling down on is God. Cause he is impenetrable. He's un in a, in a, 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 unaltering. He's not affected by sin. So I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna find myself in stupid, unnecessary altercation when my life is in danger and my family's in danger. Uh, uh. Only for Christ, man. If 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 it comes down to, uh, uh, they talking about, hey, coach, man, you can't preach no more. I'm gonna keep preaching. And they say, man, you can't do that no more. I'm gonna keep doing it because I don't fear you. I fear God. And if it comes down to this head getting chopped off, so be it. But it ain't gonna come down to that because I'm gonna walk in the wisdom of God. 
But what I'm saying is we got to get to a place where we stop fearing people. And and this bully, this bully culture that we live in right now, ain't nobody going to bully me from stop, from stop preaching the gospel. Bully me for what? A thousand follow my left, 10,000 my right hand. He'll make, he'll bring my enemies to be at peace with me. I'm going to continue to work for God. I'm a kingdom man. Before I'm an American man, I'm a kingdom man before I'm a black man. So what I'm saying is we got to get to a place where we stop fearing people. What they going to do? I fear God only. And in that, he'll teach me how to navigate people that won't put me in situations where my life is jeopardized. But it keeps us from fearing people. God said, man, Jesus was saying, yo, y'all fearing them? And they can only kill the body. That's it. That's the worst a man can do. That's the worst a woman can do is kill you. That's the worst. But you know what the worst that God can do to you? <laughs> God saying, don't fear me because of hell, but you bet don't get it twisted. You better make sure you say for real, for real, because hell is open and it's got a wide gate. And the Bible, one thing I love about the Bible is realistic. If the Bible was all like, oh, but everyone, but narrow is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to destruction and few will find it. But broad is the way and broad is the gate that leads to life. And many, you know, the Bible says, listen, let me keep it a buck with you. Broad is the way. Broad is the gate that leads to destruction and many will find, will be on that path. He says, narrow is the gate, narrow is the way. It ain't going to be that many people there. God's like, cool. Listen, I only want mine. God is too loving to force you to come to heaven. God is too loving to force you to love him. Hell wasn't made for people. Hell was made for Satan and his angels. But for those who follow their agenda, that's your decision. So God is saying, don't get it twisted. I'm a loving God. I'm a loving God. But there's still a hell, though. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? And so we have to understand that. That, I, that don't mean I go to God so I don't go to, hell, or go to hell. No, I go to God because he graciously gave me a way from going to hell and, and from living a, and, and creating hellish consequences in my own life. So one of the reasons why we should fear God and what will help us walk in wisdom and that will help you walk in wisdom in every season and situation of your life is not fearing people. It keeps us from fearing people and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul. How do we, how did we get to a place where we got this cupcake Christ? How do we get here? When you read the gospel, Jesus was tough, man. Most of the people today wouldn't want, wouldn't like this Jesus. They would have tried to cancel Jesus today. <laughs> they, 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 the, the Jesus of the Bible, that's why I see a bunch of graven images of Jesus all around in, in people's social media posts. The Jesus I read in the Bible, it's a tough dude, bruh. Ain't no soft dude, bruh. He said, you going to fear these people? He told the Pharisees, the people that he knew was going to kill him, you of your father, the devil. And that wasn't, and Jesus wasn't just saying that metaphorically, like you of your father. He said, no, you really legit. That's your father. And I know it. I'm not saying metaphorically. I'm saying literally your father was their father was the devil. The devil established that system, hired his people to implement that system to control people and to keep them from God. And the same people. That was back then is happening now. 
They can't cancel Jesus. That's right. My wife said it. Jesus was tough. Now we people worshiping a cupcake Jesus now. That's a graven image. That ain't Jesus, Jesus. Flipping table, Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Jesus that tell it like it was. Jesus that ignored the man. Imagine, imagine you coming to talk to Jesus. You brought an adulterous woman and dropped him in front of him. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't pay you no attention. Jesus knelt down. <laughs> Jesus like, I ain't speaking to you. Play a hush, hush. Right, let me write this down. He without sin cast the first stone. That's wisdom. Wisdom is thinking three moves ahead. And and they'll, they they went back to their 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 rooms like how can we trap this man? You can't trap a person that fears God. You can't trap a person that walks in wisdom. You can't trap them. You can't. They Jesus forced their hand to kill him. That's how smooth he was. When Pilate was talking to him, Jesus was quiet because it wasn't the right time. Let's keep going. Another reason why we should fear God. One of my favorites, it heals our body. It heals, that, that's in the word of God. It heals our body. Proverbs 3, 7 through 8 says, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will, the fear of God, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. That's the word. Can you explain the difference between wisdom and common sense? Great question. Um, wisdom is, is real common sense. Common sense can be messed up. Common sense can be like, well, it, it's, it makes sense to shack up with someone to see if I should marry them. That, To a degree, to a culture, that's common sense. But God's common sense, God's wisdom says that's not wise because it's deeper than just seeing if, and I tell men, not tell women, you, you a, a man and a woman comes, comes with more than just good looks. So common sense is, is using your senses to find common ground, to find understanding. So there, there is a difference between carnal common sense and Christ common sense that makes sense, right? Hope that made sense. Let's keep going. It's, it heals our body. It says, be not wise in your own eyes. The reason why people don't fear God, they're wise in their own eyes. They think of themselves more highly than you ought to think. They think they, they think they just dope. They think they, they the best thing since sliced bread, Okay. And those who, uh, 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 it says, wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh. When I turn away from evil because I reverence God, healing happens because then I'll start practicing habits that heal. When you honor God, you honor what he says. And when you honor what he says, you do what he says. And when you do what he says, you have what comes with that. And that's a benefit that when I'm walking with God and I'm walking in wisdom, I walk in things that will naturally heal me. You see what I'm saying? Good night. You have a good one, Michelle. Thank you for joining me. It keeps, it, it heals our body. That's what fearing God does. Another reason why we should fear God, because I may have to do a part two. It gives confidence. It gives us confidence and safety. Y'all have a good night. It gives us confidence and safety. That's why we should fear God. And for those who join, I know we got a spike in numbers. We're talking about how to walk in wisdom in your singleness. But what fearing God, reasons to fear God, it gives us confidence and safety. The word of God says in Proverbs 14, 26, it says, in the fear of the Lord, in it, it's not just considering it, it's being in it, in the fear of the Lord, that when I'm operating in reverence and I'm operating and it's a part of my nature, it's a part of my life, 
One has strong confidence. Ooh, and his children will have a refuge. When a man fears God, his children will always have refuge. Because when a man walks in wisdom and teaches his children, and a wife and a, a mother walks in wisdom and teaches their offspring to walk in wisdom, they will always have refuge. There's safety in the fear of God. There's safety in the will of God. There's safety. Safety, safety, safety. And it also says, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. Anybody who had an older brother, I'm sure you can understand. I didn't have one. I'm an older brother to some people, right? And it, it's one thing to say, okay, I got confidence in myself. But when I'm facing a situation that I can bring my big brother in it, now, because I got God here, what's up then, y'all? What's up? You was talking. You was talking crazy. What's up now? That's right. I, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. God with me now, bro. I'm not saying you'll talk reckless like that, but it gives you confidence. Because I fear God, because I reverence him, because I'm in the fear of God, I, I, I have self-esteem. I, I can walk in any situation and be like, that's why, that's why, that's why I please hear my heart when it comes to the victimization of African Americans. That's why I can't rock with everything because I'm not a victim. I don't got a victim mindset. Ain't a white man stopped me. You hear me? There, there, there's not, there's never been a white man that stopped me. Nobody can stop me because God is, is with me. So I can be confident. I know the word of God says he'll make my enemies to be at peace with me. And that's why racism is a form of flattery, right? Racism flattery. If you racist towards me, you must want to be me, but it ain't going to stop me because you can't stop a man of God. It, 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 with anything, you would be at peace with me. The Bible says he'll prepare a table in the present enemy. So I don't walk around with a victimized mindset. I walk as a victor. I'm a kingdom man before I'm a black man. Does that mean that I do not consider black lives? Come on, man. Of course, I'm a black man still, but I'm not going to be teaching my kids. Well, well, uh, you know, you a black boy and, and, and you do systematic racism. I'm in a different system. I'm not in America's system. America's systematic racism, if it even exists, does not affect me. Oh, but coach, I got pulled over four times. He will make my enemies at peace with me. So I'm confident because I'm in the fear of God. I'm not in sin. Now, if I'm in sin, if I'm over here just living reckless and I don't talk to God, of course, I may be a little bit nervous, but I'm in the realms of God. Come on, you can pull me over. What you going to do? You pulled the wrong one over. See what I'm saying? We got to change the way we think as Christians. The world is going to be like the white man holding me back or system. No, I'm in a different system. A system that supersedes this system. So no matter where I'm at, because I'm in a reverence, God, a fear of God, uh, no white man, no red man, no black man, nobody can stop me. But me. And the only time someone else can stop me is when I'm stopping me. And when I'm not reverencing God and honoring him. So, in the fear of God, one has strong confidence. Strong confidence. What am I going to be afraid for? <laughs> as long as I'm walking in wisdom. Now, if I start, if the Holy Spirit is saying, Coach, stay home. <laughs> Holy Spirit don't call me Coach. Josh, stay home. But I want to act all big and bad and go drive anyway. When I get pulled over and something happened, that's on me. But that's why reverence in God limits your actions. You always follow in the spirit of God. And when the spirit of God says, uh, don't go there today. Okay, God, cool. 
I won't go. How many things have I avoided by being obedient? You know you avoid a lot just by being obedient. And that's important for us to understand that as a believer, all I got to do is reverence God and walk in, in his precepts and walk in him. And I will avoid all evil. Hope that made sense. And his children will have refuge. That's very important. And my children will have refuge because I reverence God. Because I reverence God, that's right, kingdom over culture. That's right. That's right. Next verse, Proverbs 19.23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Am I in the right one? Yeah. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. This is the word of God. So as a black man, I can rest good at night. The fear of the Lord leads to life. It leads to life. I begin to have life, right? And whoever has it, key word, you got to have it. Whoever has it, understands it, and lives in it, rest satisfied. I told a young man today I was coaching. I said, if you don't, if you don't remember anything I told you, they remember this. All bad things come from stress. All good things come from rest. All beneficial things come from rest. All burdensome things come from stress. When you know that you respect God and reverence God, you're honoring God and you in that, you rest satisfied. I don't need nothing else. Satisfied means God is all I need. Sometimes we get in trouble because we want more than what God wants to give us. God gave us, there's two types of bread that God gives us. He gave us the bread of life who was Christ and he gave us our daily bread. Why did God call it daily bread? Because God just wants you to eat what's in front of you now. If he gave you the whole month's bread, you'll be obese. And so what God is trying to tell us is, is that we got to rest satisfied, content in him. Contentment keeps you out of a lot of, lot of trouble. If you're content, you ain't going really, to really do a lot of stuff that would put you in danger and harm. And the Bible says he will not be visited by harm. No one is visited. What, meaning... I'm not going to, meaning that nothing will come to me. No weapon formed against your prosper. What does that mean? I can visit harm by being reckless. But as long as I'm in a, as long as I'm in the presence of God, as long as I am where I am, harm won't visit me. That's powerful. Because I rest satisfied and because I reverence God, no fear, no, no, no harm will come near me. Now, if I'm out here living reckless, I'm in the midst of harm and harm comes. Don't be blaming God. No, you just went in obedience to God. But it's powerful to understand. As long as I'm content and rest satisfied, I am where I'm supposed to be. And I'm following the will of God and the ways of God. Harm will not. You can be in the worst neighborhood and nobody will touch your car. Nobody will touch your house because you are what God told you to be. I don't care what city you in, harm won't come your way because you're not initiating anything that'll bring you harm. You're content, you're satisfied, you're moving wisely and harm will not visit you. That's why we have to get into the word. We got to get into the word and not into people's sermons. That's why I give you the word. I want you to go to the word for you. That's why I give you worksheets. They got, I got this worksheet got two, oh, this worksheet got two layers of scriptures. Boom, boom. I got to get I want to give you the word so that you can see it for yourself and see what you have access to. Another reason why we should fear God. Oh, Psalms 34, 7 says the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Woo! The angel of the Lord encamps around. I'm talking about they pitch a camp. They got a camp. So the angel of the Lord, they, they post it up. 
You don't, the angel, hey, hey, listen, angels posted up. Angels are respectful. What I mean by that, if you're doing stupid stuff, maybe the angels look out for you. But as long as you're following the things of God and you're chilling and you're doing what you're supposed to, the Bible says the angels encamp themselves around you and delivers them. That's one of the benefits or reasons why we should fear God. It gives us confidence and it gives us safety. Next point. It's a fountain of life. Another reason why we should fear God, it is a fountain of life. Proverbs 14, 27 says, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. It's a fountain of life. <laughs> it just continues to give me joy. It just continues to give me hope. It keeps me optimistic. It's a fountain that never runs dry. When I honor God and I reverence God and I walk in the things of God and I walk in his wisdom, I continue to get life. Life continues to flow. I keep I, Money keeps coming towards me. Favor keeps coming towards me. Um, opportunity keeps. It, listen, I'm living it. So I see whether you live it or not, I'm living it. I'm loving it. I'm living it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Because all I do, I rest satisfied. And I honor him. I respect him. I don't do stupid stuff because I respect who he is. I honor his position and what he's capable of. And I don't want to go through unnecessary chastening. I don't want to get whooped. You know what I'm saying? So what I do is, hey, man, I'm in it. I'm staying in it. And it continues to, I'm telling you, it's a supernatural fountain of life. And you're like, wow, man, this is amazing, yo. Like, like God is like, oh, man, it's great. That's why I ain't budging sin for what? Now, we're not talking about sins that I'm, God's pruning me from, like how you can handle things even better, Josh. We're talking about practicing. I ain't practicing nothing. Nah, if I make a mistake, bam, God, we out, we done, we moving. But I hate to think if I'm going to start practicing sins again, getting nice with them, no. To stop the flow, no. I one of the reasons why we should fear God is a fountain of life. Let's keep going. It also prolongs life. Another reason why we should fear God, reasons to fear God, it prolongs life. It says in Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life. Simple as that. <laughs> no, 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 no deep. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. That's why let them be wicked. They're going to die early. And if they don't die early, they die eternal death in hell. That's why I'm I just fear God because my life be prolonged because you're walking in wisdom. You know how to move. John the Baptist got murked because he didn't walk in wisdom. See, I, I don't want to be like John the Baptist. And I'm out here just overly talking about certain things. Harry, you shouldn't be with her. Talking out, out of pocket. Being reckless, head cut off. It prolongs your life when you walk wisely. I'm gonna watch my words. I'm not gonna say things. I'm just gonna be wise. Why you think coach moves differently? Like, I, like everybody fighting, bloodshed amongst the church, bloodshed in the pews. These, this Chris, these Christians fighting these Christians, bloodshed. I'm looking online. I'm like, oh no, this is gory. <laughs> Y'all, black lives, this, all lives matter. Black lives matter. All lives matter. Y'all, I'm just watching the bloodshed and coach just. <laughs> Navigating this thoroughly, precisely, wisely. 
come up unscathed. Bam, boom, whoop, we hear it back and still, still doing. But when you get caught up in bloodshed and fighting against flesh and blood and bloom, 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 all this stuff is just a distraction. But it says it prolongs life. Walking in wisdom prolongs life. You'll know how to move. You'll know how to um, just navigate. You'll follow your spirit and you'll end up 90 some years old, end up 80 some years old. The only time I'm going is when I when I say these bars. I have fought the fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. <laughs> that's, that's, that's when it's time for me to go. When I get there and I'm like, you know what? I'm empty. Maybe 77, maybe 80 something years old. And grandkids are doing well. Everything's established. And I'm going to be like, I have fought the fight. I've kept the faith. Coach out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, if the rapture don't come, I'm out. I'm just joking. I'm gonna live as long as my wife wants me to live. And I kill. I'm just joking. But what I'm saying is, I'm gonna live a long time because I'm gonna move wisely. Last but not least, reasons to fear God. It gives us a clear line to God. I'm just giving you the word. It gives us a clear line to God. Psalms 145 says, uh, verse 19, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. Open line of communication. God says, man, you really honor me. I don't listen to everybody. If you disrespect me, my ears are closed to you. You disrespect me, boom. I ain't paying you no attention no more. I don't care if you disrespect me four years ago. Like, the relationship has been modified. And we think that God just be listening to our prayers and just be answering prayers and we all disrespectful. Come on now. God ain't listening to everybody's prayers. Some, some of our prayers go in a voicemail. Uh, hey, yo, what's up? It's God. Um, <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? It's God. Uh, I'm sorry that you caught my voicemail, but I'm 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 tending to people that actually reverence me. Um, but if you get your act together, I might listen to you, but leave this voicemail, something like that. I'm just joking. I'm just being um, um I'm just I'm, I'm joking. But 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 God, the Bible talks about very clearly, He's not gonna hear a man's prayers if he's not treating his wife right. God ain't listening to everybody's prayers if your heart ain't right. So reverence in God gives me a clear line to God. It says he fulfills the desires of those who fear him because he's like, if you reverence me, then you are asking rightly and you're asking for the right thing. So bet I'll give it to you because you honor me. You honor me. You do, you got character like mine. Yeah, bet. I'll give you whatever you need. I'll give it to you because you because when you delight yourself in the Lord, you get desires of heart. That means if you delight in him, you will desire what he would naturally desire and you will have your desires. But most people, they don't respect God and they get mad at God when God don't come through for them. No, go talk to your graven image, God. Go talk to your uh, your created Jesus and see if he'll deliver you. It gives us a clear line of God. It says he also hears the cry and saves them. When you reverence God, boop, God always, hey, what's up, Josh? God always picks up my calls. It is what it is. I know, I can feel, I know God always answers my wife's calls. I feel them. You see what I'm saying? I'm known at the gate because of my wife. You see what I'm saying? That's right. And we have to understand that. Listen, God, God ain't just God is a person, not a machine. He's not an artificial intelligence. He's an intelligent. He's the intelligence. He's a person. 
and we just be treating him all disrespectfully, dishonoring him, dishonoring time, sinning, being adulterous, messing around, fornicating, sleeping with this person, doing this, doing that, and we think God is okay with that? Like God is hearing your prayers while you over there in sin? God hate the thing. And we and people think that the reason why your prayers have been answered because you playing in sin. Simple as that. So we got to repent and turn away from them and fear God and get our lines of communications open. Let's keep going. I have a lot of scriptures on the, on the right side. It's very important for you to process through other scriptures on um, wisdom. Uh, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and will be given to him. James 3.17 says, but the wisdom from above, we have to understand there's two types of wisdom. Like the only to ask difference between common sense or the senses of this world and the things of God. It says, but the wisdom from above is first pure. That means, and then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. Oh, I want to break that down. Should I? Holy Spirit says, keep going. Now, how to walk in wisdom. How to walk in wisdom. Let's get there. How to walk in wisdom. Now we are at the time and the place where we're going to talk about how that the reverent, the fervent and effectual prayers of the righteous development of the righteous, not in the right standing. Righteous who, who are, are exhibiting the right type of mind, the right type of heart, the right type of motives. Those prayers avail. Not no ratchet prayers, ratchetness of nature, ravenous in the heart. Those prayers are going to be answered by God. Not even close. Now, how to walk in wisdom. And then I'll be done. Coach Hungry. So I'm <laughs> Coach Hungry. I only had a bowl of cereal that I'm going to eat. My wife going to probably, my wife got some good, got me some uh, rotisserie, got me some uh, sweet potatoes. So I'm going to get in that. You know what I'm saying? So I may answer questions. I may not. Coach Hungry, I was outside playing with my nephew again. Nephew always texts me, bro. He was like, bro, we hooping today? I was like, man, it's 88 degrees, but my nephew, my nephew said he wants to hoop, man. I'm family first. Let's get it. Let's get buckets. My nephew was acting all acting all tough guy, talking about I don't need no water. I said, nephew, boy, it's 88 degrees. Get you some water. I don't need no water. Grandma came out. My mom came out, told him, said, yo, Boy, if you better, you better get you two bottles of water. Nephew got two bottles of water. We out there hooping five minutes. Oh, man. Thirsty. I said, boy, see? Gave him buckets, beat him 21 to 12. Gave him buckets. Training, up, training him up in the way that he should go. And we was out there play one game, and I said, bro, it's hot. But so, so you know Coach Todd. Getting buckets at 88 degrees, making sure my nephew feel confident. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I got to go make me a sandwich. And, and, and just and, and eat good. You know, I might eat all three sweet potatoes. You know what I'm saying? I might do that today. It just is what it is. I'm going to have to eat three sweet potatoes. I'll probably eat the whole rotisserie chicken. It is what it is. You know, I took care of family already. Family's good. Wife wasn't feeling well. I took care of my wife. Hooped with my nephew. If I eat the whole chicken, don't judge me. Don't try to take the speck out of my eye trying to take the speck because I'm eating the whole chicken. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and at least it's organic. Let's keep going. How to walk in wisdom. W-I-S-D-O-M. How to walk in wisdom in every area of your life. Number one, W. How to walk in wisdom. W. God must be welcomed in every area of your life and be the only one worshiped. That's how you walk in wisdom. That's the first thing. He must be welcomed. He must be welcomed in... He must be welcomed in every area of your life. That's like walking wisdom. God, I welcome you in every area of my life. God, uh, every room in my life, you are welcomed. 
God, this area you can you 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 welcomed in my singleness, you welcomed in my marriage, you welcomed in my parenting, you welcomed in my business, you welcome you welcomed in my ministry, you welcomed in my creative process, you are welcomed in everything. You are welcomed. The moment you start closing areas of your life from God is the moment those areas will cause you to walk unwise. In order to walk in wisdom, you have to say, I welcome you in this addiction to help me with it. I welcome you to help me with this problem, God. I, help, I welcome you to help me with this issue that I'm facing. You're telling God, I welcome you into even the dirtiest of dirtiest places. God ain't, God ain't uh, uh, um, I'm concerned about how dirty the room is. Welcome him in it. God, I welcome you in this place. I welcome you in every area of my life. And I'm going to choose today to only worship you. That's how you walk in wisdom. You walk in wisdom by saying, God, I welcome you in every area of my life. And you are the only one that I will worship. That's it. That's how you walk in wisdom. Because the world is going to try to make you worship different things. Hey, yo, man, go ahead and turn that stone to bread. I know you're hungry. I know you want that. Turn this hard singleness. That's a singleness solid as a rock. Turn it into bread. Go ahead and start that relationship. Turn, uh, Turn it into bread. A man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You're going to be tempted to manifest your glory in front of people to reveal who you really are. And you got to be, you got to watch out for that. You're going to be tempted to bow your knee to fall to the to the to the to the to the uh, uh, leadership of this system. And you have to speak back. Uh, uh, God is the only one I will worship. Do you really worship God? Or are you worshiping yourself? Or are you worshiping the things you want in your life? Now, the W, how to walk in wisdom? You got to be a doer of that word. You got to be a doer of the word. Someone give me a song. That's a, that's a melody from heaven. Melodies, that's from heaven. You got to be a doer of the word. And understand and, and desire to understand what the will of the Lord is. That's how you walk in wisdom. If the word of God says it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> No matter what you do, you're going to have a fruit. So at least test the word. If you do what the word says, and no matter what you do, fruit is going to come. So do the word. And then you'll be able to, wow, this word works. And wow, I'm going to walk in wisdom even more. Do what the, uh, uh, be a doer of the word. And and like we said, understand what the will of the Lord is. God, what's your will for me right now? Let me get in pocket. Let me get into wisdom. Let me get into this so I can walk in wisdom. No matter what you do, fruit is going to come. That's real. No matter what you do, fruit's going to happen. So at least get the fruit from the word. Last W, watch your words and watch your ways. In order to walk in wisdom, watch your words. You can't have a a great marriage with bad words. You can't have a great situation with a bad mouth. Nobody wants to be around somebody talking derogatory, talking bad, talking pessimistic, talking um, uh, victim. I, when I'm around people like that, I I, <clears throat> I got to go. I can't be around a, a, a victim mentality. I can't be around derogatory conversation. I can't be around it. I can't be around it. So in order to walk in wisdom, me, <clears throat> I got to watch my words. I got to watch my ways. Am I going down the right way? Are my ways pleasing to God? Are my actions, attributes, character traits uh, uh, acceptable to God? I don't just want to be an image bearer. I want to be a likeness bearer. The Bible says we was created in his image and his likeness. 
When the fall happened, we lost his likeness, but kept his image. <clears throat> Christ came back in the full image and likeness of the father and said, I'm going to believe and give you my spirit so that you can now be have the opportunity to be like him again. So we got to get to a place where we say, you know what? <clears throat> I'm I want to be like him. And you watch your words and watch your ways. I, how to walk in wisdom, I inquire of the Lord often. Ign trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and make your path straight. I got to inquire of the Lord. Hey, man, hey, I know you think I'm cute. I, I, I know that you, I'm talking for ladies. I know you want to pursue me or you as a fella, I know she bad and you want to pursue her, but I ain't doing it until I inquire of the Lord. When I had two job opportunities, I inquired the Lord. One was giving me full-time and full benefits immediately. The other one was giving me uh, 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 um, part-time, no benefits. 99.9% of the people would have said, Josh, take the one full benefits. You're about to get married. I inquired the Lord. The Lord told me to go this way. I went that way. It's been more prosperous. We've, been, we've mentored over 100 kids. I've got two or three raises since I've been there in four years. You see what I'm saying? You got to, in, in order to walk in wisdom, you got to inquire the Lord. You can't be pushed into, if the Bible says, let me read the scripture, it says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable and gentle, peaceable and gentle. If it's pressuring, if it's pushy, it's not wisdom from God. People who really walk in the wisdom of God, seek God about it. They ain't going to push you towards it. They're going to send you to inquire the Lord. So how to walk in? You got to inquire of the Lord often. Secondly, the second eye, in order to walk in wisdom, you cannot be ignorant of Satan's devices if you're going to walk in wisdom. The Bible commands us, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. We can't be sitting up here and be like, the devil's defeated. I've seen people talk about how um, um, they don't, they don't uh, worry about the devil because he's been defeated. Oh, that's cool for Christ. <laughs> Jesus don't got no issue with the devil. But when it comes to us in this war, in this life, we can't, we can't just toss the devil over here like he don't matter, right? We got to honor, not honor, remember when I said we got to respect our opponent. Any boxer, any person that gets in the ring and you start being disrespectful and you don't respect your opponent, they'll get knocked out. Even if they're disrespectful in, in whatever the banter, they still respect that, you know, I still respect them though because you one punch away to beat. So what I'm saying is respecting your opponent is understanding that that person's capabilities so that when you are fighting and wrestling against flesh and blood, you are not wrestling aimlessly and falling into different traps and cycles. But you're able to say, you know what? I, I understand how my opponent does what he does, and I'm not about to be stupid. I'm not about to walk in the middle of a witch hunt. Might walk in the middle of a, of a sacrifice or something like that, talking about bringing the gospel. I ain't gonna be dumb like that unless God leads me. So what I'm saying is, we cannot be ignorant of Satan's devices, so that we'll know how to resist from submitting to God and resisting the devil, and he'll flee. Right? Last eye, we have to audit what influences us. In order to walk in wisdom, we have to audit what's influencing us. You can't walk in wisdom digesting uh, uh, non-wise things. You cannot endeavor to walk wisdom listening to foolishness, watching foolishness. You are what you watch. You are what you look at. You are what you listen to. That's what people are talking about. Well, there's nothing wrong with listening to secular music. There's nothing wrong. There is something wrong with it. If there's even something wrong with listening to Christian music with the wrong agenda. Music's, music sells ideology. 
People have to understand that. Music gives off an ideology, a concept, an idea. And if you if you get so caught in music is the number one thing that interferes with us without our permission. You can walk through Target, walk through Walmart, song cuts on. About time you walk out, are you whistling it? Because music has a way of uncrossing over barriers without being checked. So even with certain Christian music, you can't listen to because it's going to give like when I used to I used to listen to a lot of uh, uh back in my day, I mean, maybe like five years ago. I, I made excuses to listen to certain rap songs. Well, uh, it's okay to listen to this this Meek Mill song. You know, uh, um, y'all thought it was rented? Man, I was like, man, that thing got me going, bro, in the weight room. That Meek Mill song, and I, so I made a little a little hidden playlist. I made a little hidden playlist with a little with a little Meek Mill, with a little uh, uh, Rick, little Ricky Ross. Let me add a little little ambition music. I said, well, God, it's okay. I'm mature in the faith. I'm mature. I can listen to a little Meek Mill. Y'all thought it was rented? I can listen to a little Rick Ross. I can listen to a little little Drizzy. I can listen to you know uh uh first name uh last name ever first name greatest. Like a sprained ankle, nothing ain't nothing to play with. Come on, I, I, listen, coach, no. But then I started in my ministry. I got overly ambitious. I started being ambitious because the ideology of that song, even though it gave me the high to do workouts and the high to get about it, the ideology still crept in. And I found myself being overly ambitious, being overly motivational. And I, and, and I started being competitive, extremely competitive. So I had to get rid of it because of the ideology. So that's why people and, and, and you people don't like that opinion about that. But but you got to think on things from a spiritual level and understand that these music and shows are affecting your subconscious more than your conscious. Now, all of a sudden, now you're acting and becoming and living out what you are listening, engaging in and preachers you're listening to. That's why you got to respect your soul because your soul's a sponge. It will soak up anything you allow it to rest in. So you have to audit what influences you because it looks everything the devil does looks innocent in the beginning. Everything the devil, the enemy, the system wants you to do looks innocent and he uses the innocent to shut up the truth, people. Well, it's nothing wrong with that. This is innocent. OK. When my niece be like, why can't we watch this? Because she's innocent. All she sees is colors and Cinderella and, and actresses. And it looks innocent. But when you know the truth and how it's going to affect her mind, those who know the truth got to be on guard. So you have to audit what influences so that you can walk in pure wisdom of God. S, how to walk in wisdom. The first S, simplify your life. I've said that in many videos. Simplify your life. It's hard to walk in wisdom when you have clutter. You're going to trip over stuff. Clear up the hallways, clear up, clean up the house so that you can walk and not trip over stuff. And by hit your head on the corner of the granite counter. That's simple your life. Next, you got to surround yourself with, with wisdom. I ain't say wise people, just only surround yourself with wisdom. That's why I tell people, why you think they call it social media feed? Feed. We want you to feed off of this. Hmm? What you feeding off of? What are you eating from? When you scroll. What are you feeding? You got to surround yourself with wisdom. You got to say, wherever I am, I'm going to feed off of wise people. I'm going to feed off their energy. I'm going to feed off their work ethic. I'm going to feed off of that. 
grow from it, be fruitful from it. But if all around you is foolishness and all you watch on, you watch these foolish shows, these foolish um, um, YouTube vi uh, videos, these foolish, 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 foolish things, you're going to be foolish yourself thinking you're walking wise. But you have to surround yourself with wisdom, wise people, wise things, wise influences, because you are going to, you are, your mind, wherever your mind is, your life will follow. That's why I'm, I'm always increasing the age of my mind. I'm learning different things. I'm engaging different things. I want my mind to age so that my life can match my mind so I can understand money better. Right now, I'm learning how to understand money better. I'm going to learn how to understand. I'm trying to understand where I'm going to end up, where I want to go. What are you feeding from? What's on your social media feed? And our next S, you got to see yourself walking in wisdom. You can't have this, well, can I do this? No, you can't. See yourself walking in wisdom. See yourself walking in the wisdom of Christ. No, I, I am going to walk. Now, don't be pessimistic and be like, well, can I do that, coach? But I'm so foolish, coach. I've been ratchet. I'm ratchet. I'm foolish. Cool. That's who you used to be. Any man or any woman who's in Christ is a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. So you got to see yourself walking in wisdom. Next point. Uh, learn the power of saying no. Learn the power. In order to walk in wisdom, you got to learn the power of saying no. Wise people don't, listen, I don't mind saying no. And, and I don't care if it hurts your feelings. If my self-care hurts your feelings, then so be it. I don't care if it hurts your feelings. So be it. <laughs> One thing about me, if it ain't wise, I'm saying no to it. I don't care what nobody got to say. Adam should have said no to Eve. Nah. The stuff then started breaking down. I ain't going to go deep in that because then that's a whole nother sermon right there. Let's keep going for time. So I'm going to get to the sandwich. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. Let me, let, me, let me finish this mess so I can get to this food. All right? I'm feeding y'all right now. I'm being a good chef right now. I'm feeding you spiritual things. But after this, I mean, good. D, how to walk in wisdom? You got to discern deeper, man. You just can't take things at face value. Smile, cool, smile, but but let that, but let that, let that, let that uh spirit of God uh scan him. Oh, oh, you man, people be surprised at my decisions because they be like, man, I, I thought we had coach. I thought he, he was nice. I'll be smiling. I'll be like, yeah, man. Oh man, what? Smiling the whole time, sensing him. My spirit like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We own the you player. Yeah. I'm sitting there. <laughs> oh, man. I know Kobe. Oh, man. Was cool. Jordan, LeBron. I'm just black. But the whole time. Look, a little scanner. Scanning you, bro. Scanning you. Discern deeper. I don't care how great the offer is. One thing about me, I take my time. And if it, and listen, if the deal is still there a week from now, cool. But I just sit there. I'll sit there. I'm like, okay, cool. That's great. Let me, I'll be right back. Now, if the Holy Spirit tell me to go for it immediately, cool. But if it's something that I have to really probably, is one of those too good to be true. So I got to really, not, it's not a good versus bad. It's good versus God. When it's good versus God things, I'll be right back. I'll, I'll get back to you. And sometimes God may delay his answer to see if you're willing to seek him. To see, are we still in partnership? 
That's why when I got married, I don't make decisions without talking to my wife first. That's just not right. Now, if this decision's like paying the bill, I'm like, babe, should I pay the bill? No, that's not, that's not, that's not, we're talking about like, uh, I'm thinking about we should move. <laughs> I'm not just going to move and be like, babe, we're packing. And she's like, whoa, you made a decision without me? So no, you got to go talk to God. You're in partnership with them. So no matter what offers on your table, take however long to make sure you're in the will of God. And if they talking about what well, we need to an answer by five o'clock, you'll get an answer when I have an answer. And if God tells me at 459, and if he don't tell me anything and you take the offer on the table, it wasn't for me. You're not, you're not going to pressure me into anything. That's how we got to be. So when you feel pressed or pressured, it's probably not even from God. You got to discern deep. In order to walk in wisdom, you got to you got to set desired outcomes and discipline outputs. You got to set desired outcomes. In order to walk in wisdom, this is what I desire out of my life. This is what I want. What do you want from your life? What do you want? Then you're going to say, okay, this is what I got to do daily to make that possible in my life. That's how I walk in wisdom. God, I desire to be here for your glory and for your kingdom's sake and for generational wealth and health and favor in my family for generations to come. Then God's going to, this is what you got to do every day. If you want that, let's keep going for time. Say, oh, how to walk in wisdom? Be overwhelmed. With the goodness of God. Be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Be overwhelmed. That's how you walk in wisdom. God, you are just so... Man, I, I, I celebrate I celebrate the little good things God do for me. God, you did... Every time I get a, a parking spot, God, you good. Me and my nephew's playing ball today. I said, watch God going to bring a breeze. I told my nephew, because I, I want him to see that I can... I know my God looks out for me. The first time we hooped last week, I told y'all. I said, God, uh, God going to bring a cloud while we hoop. I don't know about them when they hoop. They've been in the sun all day, black as night. But when his son get on this court, when his son come to play ball, cloud by day, fire by night, okay? <laughs> God said he'll promise me a cloud by day. This big old huge cloud covered the sun for three games. I told my nephew, I said, man, ain't a cloud in the sky, but God going to send a breeze. God sent the breeze. My nephew was like, wow, the breeze really came through. Yeah. And I celebrated. I told my nephew, I said, man, ain't God good, bro? I told you he was going to bring a breeze for his son. I'm, I get overwhelmed because that would keep me walking in wisdom because I'm like, man, this is good. I love God. Next, oh, learn from the classroom of observation, not the classroom of experience. That's like walking wisdom. Smart people learn from their mistakes. Wise people learn from mistakes of others. You don't have to make a mistake to learn something. All you got to do is watch other people do dumb stuff. And you be like, oh, I'm not going that way. When I started seeing people having kids and, and, and catching STDs, and I was like, they don't, you don't got to tell me much about having sex. No, nah, I'm good. I'm cool on that. You have a 50-50 chance to have any of these different things. You have a 50-50 chance of getting a, a SCT. You have a 50-50 chance of getting a girl pregnant. And you have a 100% chance to become a soul tie. I'm done. I'm good. I learned from observation. I don't got to learn from experience. Don't get me wrong. I've learned from experiences, but it's because those were experiences I had to go through. But I'm not going to create unnecessary experience to gain wisdom. No. And that's why I tell people, man, my pastor said something that was very profound. He says, for years, we have been celebrating the wrong testimonies. He says, eh, all the time, we always celebrate the girl who came. Oh, she she stopped doing this. Wow, look at God. We celebrate the wrong. Oh, he was a drug dealer. Oh, he was crazy. Out here. But look at God. And when the church celebrates. But when a person who has been kept by God and did the things of God, ain't nobody celebrating them. Ain't nobody praising those testimonies. 
Those testimonies are not sexy enough. Everybody wants to hear how a person came from, and don't get me wrong, those testimonies are great, but have we have we overly hyped those testimonies? What about the testimony of those people who've been kept and God kept them? Because the desire to be kept, those are great testimonies. Those people need to hear more of those stories. How you can avoid unnecessary things. Let's let's give the testimony of the people who walk wisely instead of the testimony of people who found wisdom from a long path of foolishness. Let's keep going. M. How to walk in wisdom, renew your mind and mind your business. I said walking, that's how you walk in wisdom. Renew your mind. God, change the way I'm thinking. Change the way I think I want to think like you. That's how you walk in wisdom. And how you also stay walking in wisdom, mind your businesses. I put businesses. Only business I'm minding right now is Ezzy Enterprises. That's the only business, anything with Ezzy on, that's, that's my business. I ain't in your business. I'm in my businesses. I'm in my wife's business. She's in my bed. We in there. We all in the, we, we, we in others, each other's like we hold each other. We in business. This is our business. That's how you walk in business. Because when you start comparing yourself, your business start going south. You start comparing yourself, you start walking in foolishness because you want your life to keep up with the Joneses, the Joneses that don't even exist. So in order to walk in wisdom, you got to mind your business. You know what I'm saying? Like the moment that you, the moment I'm in your life, you my business. My niece and nephew, they young. They my business right now. Not necessarily like they, you hear what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm because when they get 18, they business, they business. Now my business don't mean I'm their mother or father. What I'm saying is however I'm supposed to be as an uncle, I'm going to look out for them because I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that's in their life. You see what I'm saying? And so that's what it is. But I'm not about to be meddling in, in their business all the way in. You know what I'm trying to say? But when it comes to my businesses, that's what I'm focused on. That's what keeps you walking in wisdom. Hope this message was a blessing. Coach gonna go eat. And uh, I love y'all. Y'all know I do. And I got some books and resources for you that I think would be a blessing to you. And it's, uh, oh, okay. Now we can get back to the big screen. All right, here we go. Got this book called The Purpose of Singleness. Um, are you whole or full of holes? Holes, a great resource there to talk about that will help you better understand um, um, singleness. So this will spark this course. Um, a lot of these things I'm saying, right, I may do like another book. Because man, the stuff that God has been giving me in this in this in this day, uh, in this season of my life has been profound. But I am working on a resource for singleness right now. I got a card game and another little workbook. I'm gonna I'm still gonna start working on little books for you all. And so I got a card game and another book on singleness is coming out pretty soon. Um, a little workbook that will kind of help you uh, enjoy and maximize your singleness. Um, but those resources are available to you. Uh, let me make sure. Okay, there we go. Uh, another book is this second book that I wrote. Uh, World War Me, How to Win the War Within, right? So this book right here is a book on spiritual warfare. Let me get that out of the way. All right, here we go. It's a book on spiritual warfare. And it's got scriptures as your bullets in the back to learn how to fight the enemy with the word of God. Great resource to understand what the whole armor of God is and um, and how to uh, do spiritual warfare. If you got soul ties or strongholds and you're struggling with that, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, will help you with that. Um, it will help you understand what soul ties are and how to untie yourself and uproot those strongholds. Uh, my first children's book, as he says, as for students I serve is a great book for kids, even with a journal in the back for them to journal for their experience. But it comes with little uh, axioms and little activity for them to understand who they are as 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 a uh, as a child. It is not a Christian book. When I mean by Christian, it has Christian principles, but it's not. It doesn't have a Christian angle. It's created for the. Um, um, for the school system. So, but if you, if you know the word, you'll see the word in it. This book called Dating Prep is a book to help you date yourself and love your life forever. It's a great resource for you to get for you and your significant other. I really ask you the questions and write each other answers down to see if y'all on the same page. I don't have my card games with me. It's in the car. 
Uh, but I have a card game that's on my website as well. And I'll go ahead and show uh, that now. Uh, but it's, this is my first book I ever wrote called Unplugged. The top things to unplug from a great book and resource there. Also, uh, on my site, you'll learn more about what I do as a ministry, helping adults unplug and students propel. You'll understand what I do there. You'll understand the history. Um, my wife and I also have a kids mentoring program. There we go. Oh, the video's already over. Also, um, uh-oh. All right, here we go. Our kids mentoring program. Also, online courses. Okay, it's stalling. All right. Uh, books, coach, uh, donations, all that good stuff. I'm going to go ahead because my thing is stalling. But yeah, go on my website, imunplugged.com. I'll post it in the link below. Or for those who are watching me live, I'll post in the chat so you'll get all your resources that will help you walk with God. Will, will you get full commission if I buy the book? Yeah, yeah, I get commission. So I, those books are self-published. So every time you, you can support me in many ways. And that's what I love about what God has allowed me to do. You can support by getting a t-shirt. You can support by getting a book. You can support by donating as God leads you the amount to give. Um, you can uh, support uh, by our mentoring program. So there's many ways you, you can support and uh, all that good stuff. So will you get full? I will get full commission if you purchase the book on Amazon. So I do get a, a good chunk there because I self-published. And that's what's important about ownership. Own your ideas, my friends. I love y'all. Coach can go eat. i see y'all next week. Might do a live tomorrow. We'll see. Um, but you'll definitely see me soon. Uh, make sure you check out these videos again. Um, how to think long term, a book for uh, a video for men on how to think long term and uh, think generationally. Also, how to spend more quality time with God. Also, uh, another video, 11 things women should expect from men. And also the Good Guys podcast, how to grow closer to God. All those videos and stuff are available. And I'll see y'all next week. Y'all be blessed. I'm going to go enjoy this food. You know, Coach going to smash this food, bro. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.